average industry professionals to the Shine Runner Show, quenching your marketing, distribution, and sales thirst for more horsepower on the craft beer, cider, and spirits industry. My name is Mark Colburn, and I'll be your crew chief. Today's episode is Clutter Bustin'. You got to funkifize. Our program objective is to provide you with an overview of marketing, distribution, and sales learnings and experiences from a veteran, me, who's been in the craft beer, spirits, and cider business for over 25 years. The goal of this program will be to help you better understand marketing's role, priority, and importance in the marketplace and how it relates to your business model. So let's look at a recap from episode six. I told you about uh, so many suppliers that say, hey, Mark, we, we just don't get any love when we run a wholesaler incentive. Man, we, we, we can't get the sales team to sell our line. Well, there's a lot of reasons for that. And one of them is that there are so many brands. You know, what is there? Close to 7,000 breweries, 800 cideries and wineries, and everybody seems to be getting into craft spirits. So uh, they're all seeking a shrinking handful of powerful wholesalers in each of these major metro markets. So that means that these super big wholesalers, they're taking on more and more lines. So you're going to have to do more in order to get that sales team's attention. So on that topic, so what, what are you doing to motivate your, as I call them, internal customers to sell your great beverages? Let's talk about frequency. How often, for example, do you or one of your team visit your distributor? Can they even name you or your sales rep? Think about that for a minute. Now, does the distributor salesperson have your brand story and images on his or her iPad for account presentations? If not, they need to. Did you schedule ride widths last month or this month? And when it comes to incentives, don't be that supplier that says to your wholesaler, brand manager, Oh, let's just come up with something and we'll share the cost. Or how about $5 per placement? If you don't care or put in any effort, then street smart sales reps will immediately pick up on this. The results, and I'm telling you people from decades of experience, will be meager at best. In a major metro, how much does the wholesaler sales rep take home out of five bucks? Would that buy a mocha? Put it to the Mark's Mocha test. So a great incentive from episode six. Let's just recap. A great incentive needs an objective, a budget, a theme, to be unique, and really to zig when all other suppliers zag. And most importantly, it's got to be fun. So today's topic, clutter busting. You got to funkifies. So what do I mean by Fun cafes. Well, the beer industry is fun. I mean, hell, it has its own KDA. Try to position your brand around that fun. Take advantage of that. Incentives that are fun, I guarantee you, will garner greater results in brand retention. You want to get into that wholesaler salesman's black box, their psyche. So before you create what I call a clutterbuster incentive, you want to get to know these guys and ladies. Just, just what is their job like? I mean, they, they hit 10, 15, 20 accounts a day, parking hassles, fuel issues. Are they going to get lunch today? Uh, parking tickets? Uh, no, no, no from the accounts. No space, boss. You know, they have to walk all over. It's boring and it's a long day. So do you want to be that supplier to reward them with a boring incentive? 
plus the sales meetings. You want to take that incentive fun to a new level. Get creative. We'll get into a bunch of examples today. But remember, you are competing for the wholesaler's sales force share of mind. So how do you get the most out of your budget and your wholesaler? Well, through sales plan incentives and what I call developing clutter busters. Now, as far as clutter busters go, you want to make certain that your wholesaler's sales plan format allows for such. Some wholesalers will try to can you into um, a standardized format, $5 per placement, $100 per draft handle, but there's oftentimes ways around that, ways to get creative. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. Hopefully, you're able to take some creative license. Now, you're thinking, Mark, why spend so much time on an incentive when I and my reps could be out selling? Well, because how many accounts can you and your reps see in a month or two months? You know, the results, if you have a good incentive in front of a sales force of 30, 40, 50 people, they're going to be exponential. You can't do this alone. So I ask you, differentiate, take creative license, exaggerate, fabricate. Now, this, this clutter buster, it's not going to go any further than your wholesaler. So have some fun. Funkifies. Remember, Take that marketing story and your KDA to the troop sales team incentive level. So many suppliers fumble here. They just completely ignore that opportunity to educate, take advantage, tell them about that marketing story. Include that in your sales, your your clutter buster incentive. Ambassadorize these people. You want to persuade them to like your brand more than any other. Heck, you got to take your blinders off. There are probably 40 other suppliers all vying for this sales team's attention. So let's get into some clutter buster examples. I call this sort of fun injection. So I was uh, working on this brand and um, I was uh, given the assignment of, hey, you gotta, we've got to come up with something creative here. We can't just do the $5 replacement. And I was hanging out in Vegas at the SEMA show with some of my buddies and we were going through some of the casinos. And I saw these money machines. And you've probably seen these things before where people pop in and they have the blower on and 5 and 10 and $20 bills are flying all over the place and people go kind of – ape shit in there and it's fun to watch and you grab as much as you can. So I thought, why not do one of these in a Friday sales meeting to really get attention for the brand and get some excitement behind it? So I got the okay from the supplier. I got the okay from the senior bosses and I put a two-month incentive out and we really started tearing it up with draft placements, six-pack, 12-pack placements, uh, promotions, displays. And come uh, about week six, I get a message from the, the big boss that I work for on the distributor side. And he says, hey, hey, Mark, you know, we're not going to be able to afford this. Uh, you're going to have to go to the supplier and tell them they're going to have to pay for the whole thing. And I knew that this wasn't going to go well. So I talked to the supplier and they said, hey, we had a 50-50 agreement on this. Just go and pay them $5 a placement, $100 draft handle. And I knew that if I did that, I would lose my, the sales team. And this is a big sales team in San Francisco. So um, – 
what I did is I said, the hell with it. And I, I, I got a bunch of pallets. I stacked them up. I got a sawzall. I cut a hole in these, uh, the middle of the pallets, except for the very top one. I built, I got a two by fours and heavy duty plastic. And I built a money machine. I got the winners in there. I got the uh, beer supplier rep out there. We had some cold beer. We had fake money, of course, but it got transferred into real money. And then uh, I got on my back and I got one of these inflatable blowers and I rocked the thing myself back and forth and it blew money all over the place. It Guys were laughing and they absolutely loved it. We had talk value for probably the next two to four weeks in the, the sales meetings. So that's an example of a clutter buster, something different, something memorable. Let's look at some more. So uh, lots of you will be involved in special events. And I, I'm a big advocate of special events for the trial sampling. But but what I think that a lot of companies miss, a lot of brewers and, and uh, people in the alcohol business, you, you miss the, the uh, trying to tie or, or using this special event to tie into an incentive. So uh, back when uh, I was uh, in this distribution biz for probably 15 years, we sponsored the Fleet Week event in San Francisco. And it is one of the coolest, biggest, neatest events in the city. The weather's the best. Tourists are in town. The sailors are in town. Everybody wants to drink. So I thought, geez, let's take advantage of this sponsorship. And and as I I talk about Fleet Week, think about how many Fleet Week events take place in the United States. I think there's 12 plus. So other brands, you know, if you've got one in your backyard – you don't even have to be the sponsor. You can still do promotions and an incentive around it to really get people motivated and take advantage of this. This is almost a freebie if you're not the sponsor. So I developed a, an incentive and I, I was thinking about back to that black box, the psyche of the sales team. And what did – what do uh, – apologize to the ladies, but but young young kids, they love to play this game and you know, guys and uh, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13-year-olds. And I was thinking what, what game do they like to play? And I just realized that it's Battleship. So I made an incentive that was a week by week by week. It started September 1st and it ended in the middle of October when Fleet Week ended. And I had the graphics department make a massive four or five foot five uh, color, full color picture of the ocean with boxes, you know, A to I and then numbered one to 12. And we had all these boxes up and I bring it in the Friday sales meeting and I'd run the VIP or IDIG reports Thursday night and I'd be able to see who won. Let's say the first week was off-premise placements. Uh, in, in the mom and pop, you know, the neighborhood liquor stores, who would get, uh, let's say, the top three people that got the most of these placements and there were goals, then they got shots at the board. So they would get to take shots. They would take turns and take shots and just like playing the real battleship game. And I'll tell you, in our Friday sales meeting, and I told you in prior podcasts, and I've been in there close to a thousand of these meetings, they can be pretty slow and pretty boring. No offense to distributors and wholesalers, sorry, but they kind of are. And I'll tell you, when you come out with a big, a 4 by 4 5 by 5 full-color shot of the sea and, and cool stuff, I mean, you are taking full attention of this sales team. People are looking forward to this, and, and especially the people who used to love playing Battleship as kids. So – so these people would take – the off-premise team would take shots and then the next week I'd have – it would be all on-premise, you know, draft placements and promos. So the people that got the most draft handles, they got the most shots. People that got the most promos, they got shots. So they're taking shots and they hit a ship. Bam! You know, it's it, 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 people loved it. Now, and when the ship was sunk, let's say it was a battleship, you get four hits. 
each box was worth $150. So it was quite lucrative. But I made it a little step more fun. You got a fun cafes, and I named each of the ships after the senior executives at the distributorship. So let's say back to the battleship example, when you sunk that battleship and that was named after the VP of sales, you got to believe me that people were high. I mean, they loved it when they sunk the ship. I mean, the, the, the audience went crazy. So anyways, that's a, another example of a clutter buster. And as I said, you don't even have to really sponsor fleet we can just be use it as a as a tool you know there's there's so many fun things out there that you can help to sell your beer to sell your spirits your cider your your wine now here's another example that uh, this one's pretty much out there and in the first or second podcast i talked about the product life cycle and how there's different stages some of the brands are in the decline stage of the product life cycle this brand unfortunately uh, was and it really needed some help so I had to really go and take some creative license. So I came up with uh, for this uh, – I'm going to say the name of the, the brand because they, they're not – I don't think they're much uh, – they're not in business anymore. But uh, it was Mendocino Brewing and I called this the search for Sasquatch. And I know that other brands have used Sasquatch and, and Bigfoot in, in TV and, and uh, you know consumer promotion. But this is just – Within one wholesaler. So that's why I, I took the creative license and went with this. So I'm just going to read you a little bit out of this incentive and see what, see how it sounds to you. Um, the search for Sasquatch. Few have braved the rugged Mendocino mountain range of Northern California, home to some of the roughest terrain this side of the Pecos. The Mendocino brewery is nestled in the heart of Sasquatch country. Locals know the true story of Sasquatch, who was an up-and-coming brewmaster at Mendocino Brewing. Sal Squatch, the L is silent, graduated in 1902 from UC Davis's first brewing academy and began brewing Eye of the Hawk Ale. He was prone to oversampling the bottle-conditioned eye and often wandered into the dense Ukiah forest north of Hopland in search of happy hops. He never returned. Some say that raptors took him high into the mountains to raise him as one of their own. Locals have seen the giant Sasquatch quenching his thirst on partial keg returns near the keg sanitation station. Some say that if you see Sasquatch, then that will be your final day on the planet. And so this incentive is for the bravest of beer salesmen. Read on if you dare to take the road trip to Sasquatch. So... Compare that to a five dollar, you know, per placement incentive, and I know it sounds a little crazy, but but I got your attention, and I got the salespeople's attention, and it did so well. I mean, I forgot to tell you a little little piece at the bottom of this. It's got pictures of Sasquatch with a keg in his hand, and then this this other little Sasquatch guy. He's saying four out of five Sasquatches or Sasquay, I guess Sasquay is plural. Uh, I made that up. Age twenty one plus prefer Mendocino Brewing's Red Tail Ale over other craft micros. So just another little quirky dorky thing to get the attention of this big sales force. And it, it did so well that, hey, I brought Sasquatch 2, Return of Sasquatch. I did a third Sasquatch. In fact, I did some more stuff. So I want to ask you if you can think about who is the number one target audience, uh, the moving go, movie going public in the United States. And as a former research analyst, uh, I don't expect you to know that, but but I'll tell you, it's it's males age 16 to 25. So if we were to bump that up just a little bit, obviously age 21 up since we're in the alcohol biz, 21 to say 35, that's typically that is your your sweet spot for the wholesaler sales team. And uh, they love going to the movies. So what I decided to do for this brand, Minocino Brewing, 
uh, I knew that I really had to punch through the clutter uh, with this incentive. And uh, the, the brand was doing so-so, uh, and we, it was really difficult to even get in on the monthly sales plan. So I thought, why not just do a two-week hard-hitting sales plan uh, incentive that would garner a lot of attention? And, and tap into movie interest and the uh, franchise Planet of the Apes. So there was a movie – there was a Planet of the Apes film coming up, say, in a, in a month. And I decided to do teasers like they do on the movies. And I did a one-page teaser where uh, it says – Coming soon, Sassy versus Caesar mini chimp incentive. And in this, I've got a picture of of some old-fashioned burgundy drapes, like a theater from the 1920s. And then I've got a cool shot of Caesar, you know, the main character of the Planet of the Apes film, glaring at you. And then a little versus. And then a cool shot of Sasquatch, who's kind of bench-pressing a, a big log with a couple of bear cubs and a bag of beef jerky. So you're thinking, God, Colburn, have you lost your mind? Well, maybe. But here's the reason that I did that is because I needed to bust through. I really needed to get the attention for this brand in the decline stage of the product life cycle with this very busy sales team. So let's just let's just jump back into the the psyche and you know the day of that salesperson. Here uh, this guy is maybe on his eighth stop of the day. It's 2:15. He finally found a parking place, still hasn't had lunch. He's going into his account. He's got uh, and the boss is calling him saying, "Hey, I need 15 stops today." And he's got, you know, sales plan stuff to do, and he's walking towards his account and he's got his iPad. All of a sudden, bam, on his iPad comes up, "Coming soon. Sassy versus Caesar mini chimp incentive." Whoa, what is this? Colburn's a Looney Tune. Yeah, but I've got his attention. And he's kind of curious as to what it is. I don't give him any more information. So he goes about his day and he kind of starts talking to some people about it. So I wait another week and uh, I send a second uh, shot out, a simple PowerPoint page, and it goes to all their their, uh, iPads. And this one, it says, nearly here, are you a banana or a jerky beef? Now, I got to ask you, as you're listening to this podcast, has anybody ever ask you if you're a banana or a jerky beef. I doubt it. So, yeah, the same thing. So, same example. The guy's running and gunning, going about his day. I I did this in the late afternoon on purpose, say 3 o'clock, getting a little pooped. All of a sudden, he gets this. And here's a picture of Caesar on a horse, and he's looking really tough. And then it's versus, and then I've got Sasquatch right down below, and he's munching on a cool bag of of, – Beef jerky. And I forgot to mention that whenever I did this on this incentive, you got money payout, but you also got bags of beef jerky. So they got this uh, on, you know, a week out before the sales plan kicked off. And then Friday, that's when we had our meetings, Friday in the sales meeting, boom, I hit it. It's a two week incentive, sassy versus Caesar mini chimp incentive. And I won't take it through all the details, but this was, this was to go see the dawn of the planet of the apes. And as you made placements, you earned bananas. As you, as you made draft placements, you earned more bananas. And the top winners, got to go to the premiere with the Mendocino sales rep to the dawn of the planet of the apes. And here's a great opportunity to bond with these salespeople for the sales rep. They stopped in a main account, an account that sold uh, Mendocino on draft, had a couple beers, and then they went and saw the planet of the apes flick. Uh, Just a short, sweet, and a really, really good incentive that got way more than we ever thought as far as, I think they got something like 15 draft handles out of this. And that's, God, that's almost a year's worth for that brand. Anyhow, so we did that. And then, um, then I then I, I want to give you an example of a longer term. And my recommendation on in uh, clutter busting incentives is typically one to two months. And I'm going to contradict myself here and just tell you a little bit about this one that I ran. And it was a year long. Yeah, twelve months. 
So I was given this uh, assignment really by a senior executive with this large craft beer company. And he said, Mark, you have got to stop the churn. And if, you, if you're not familiar with that term, churn in, in beer and spirits and wine and, and uh, you know, beverage industry means you, you, you invest so much money in incentives and let's say at the end of two months, you, you, you go up you know, two, two placements in an account but you drop one. But in another account, you go up one and you drop three. And at the end of 12 months, when you go through all those accounts and all the math, you'll see that you either – you're at the same point as you started in January or you might even be below that number because of this churn factor. And that's, that's pretty miserable when you look at sort of return on investment and what it costs to pay out for draft handles and package placements and all these things. So this big dog, uh, he, he told me, hey, you have got to stop the churn. And I put on the creative thinking cap and I kept thinking and thinking and thinking. I could not come up with anything. And I started uh, – I, I kind of went back to the movies and and I was watching this movie, Wall Street, with Gordon Gecko and Charlie Sheen. And and I thought, whoa, here's 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 something I could I could rally behind for this brand. And Gordon Gecko, you know, what a personality. You know, it's kill or be killed out there, boys. If you need a friend, get a dog. And and you know, the beer sales guys, they they love that kind of stuff. And then Charlie Sheen, I forget his character's name, but but I mean this guy, he was he kind of epitomizes the the beer sales guy. He's out there trying to bag the great white elephant. So what I did is I came up with a stock program. And I I, uh, I used you know college uh, education on this one and and I, I, I developed a multiple linear regression equation that forecasted stock value uh, based on uh, independent variables like uh, placements distribution distribution placements and volume and then I tested it I went back two years 24 months worth of data to see if I could project with a stock price if, if I could really project it with accuracy and and it worked so I came up with this this formula and uh, I started the guys out in January and everybody got X number of shares in this this and they were fake shares. I mean, this is this is all made up, you know, in the distributorship, you know, clutter busting. And um, I was told that this this just would not work. You know, people were really apprehensive. Twelve months, nobody's going to want this. They'll they'll get rid of their stock, uh, their first opportunity. And and what I haven't mentioned is, I allowed the sales team to sell their stock anytime that they wanted to, anytime. So in January. Each of the salespeople on and off from us started with X number of shares. And as we got more placements, more distribution placements on with kegs and with package on and off from us, on and off trade, and as we got more volume, the, shot, the stock value went up. So each Friday morning when we had our sales meeting, I posted the stock value and – uh, guys saw as January went by, then February and in, in March, and I was really, as I as I told you earlier, I'm trying to fight this churn and continue to bro- grow the brand uh, through distribution and volume. So uh, come March, it's going up. Then you know, May, it's going up. In June, July, it continues to grow up. It never dropped once. I think one month it might have stayed fairly steady, but the stock value kept going up and up. Then it doubled and kept going up and higher and higher. The 
The supplier could not believe it. My senior boss, who thought it was the stupidest idea he'd ever heard of, he he didn't he admit didn't say that it was a good incentive. He never did admit that, but he couldn't believe the the numbers that were going up. And as I said, you could you could sell your stock anytime you wanted. If you needed the money, hey, in July you're going you're going to you know, buy a new car. You got rent to pay. Guys could could cash in. But here's what happened at the end of 12 months. I would say that it was between 80 and 85% of a 60 salesperson sales force retained their stock and they made a ton of money off this incentive. And the supplier was ecstatic. In fact, my uh, senior boss, he ended up getting a, a free trip to a private island in the Caribbean. So um, it, it, it did turn out pretty well. And I don't mean to uh, say that as, as uh, you know, boasting. I'm just saying that here's another example of a clutter buster that can really generate great results for your brands. So you know, think about these things. So let's go through now. Uh, thank you for listening on that. Recap from Episode 7. If you're going to run an incentive, then don't half-ass about it. Okay, you know, don't be don't be half-ass about it. Uh, you know, work on a clutterbuster, something unique, something creative. Try to work your brand's KDA and story into the incentive. I mean, don't try. You've got to. You've got to take advantage of that and and funkifies it. If you make it fun, then you'll engage your internal customer, that wholesaler salesperson. And if you don't put any effort in, you'll get little back. Now, don't be a jerky beef. So in engine terms, do you want to run a stock six-cylinder or come out with a huge blown 427 double overhead camera? Think about your target audience. If you're wondering how much to pay out, use Mark's Mocha test. See what your internal competition is paying out to. Don't ever be the lowest. A great clutter buster can be used in sequels. I gave you examples you know, over and over with, a, with slight twists and upgrades that continue to achieve results. I told you about Sasquatch 1, Sasquatch 2, Sasquatch 3, the return of Sasquatch, Sasquatch versus Jethro. I mean, you can do all kinds of cool stuff and, and it relates back to your target audience. And the beauty about a clutter buster is that teams will remember the base elements and what brands are associated with this creative, what I call placement generator. So you don't have to go through a whole brand new incentive where people, oh, I don't understand that. How does that work? I don't, oh, yeah, I remember Sasquatch 1. Boom, this is Sasquatch 2. So also remember that people is super important, critical. People sell for people, brands, and incentives that they like. So, thank you for listening. Please check out my website, shinerunnercraftmarketing.com, my book, Craft Beer Marketing and Distribution, Brace for Schemageddon, and my Patreon site, shinerunnercraftmarketing, where you can subscribe and we'll take a look under the hood to dig deeper into these podcasts for more horsepower and additional content. Our next Brewing Network episode, number eight, will be more clutter busted, taking the gloves off. 